And welcome to another edition of the Nerdy Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Pedersen, with my brothers and fellow nerds. AJ is ordering lunch on his, delicious. on his iPod from 2006. That's an impressive iPod. Are you done? Is your food order in yet? Almost. Get your food order in. I'm doing it right now. We need to start over. This is a really bad start to the podcast. Really? I thought that was really good. No. Oh, I like that a lot. I don't think we should be criticizing each other. I think we should be doing yes and, not like getting after each other. No. I wasn't criticizing him. I Come was, on, Luke. You I was, said he had an iPod from 2006. Look, look at that thing. It's hilarious. It's so Great. small. Okay, start over. It's my dad's oh, phone. Oh, man. And welcome to another edition of the Nerdy Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Pedersen, with my brothers and fellow nerds, AJ and Josh. AJ is just getting done ordering his food on his iPod mini from <laughs> 2005. <laughs> Spicy Southwest. So much for doing a second take because the first take didn't work. <laughs> Spicy Southwest. Uh, uh, it'll be here by the time the podcast is over. It'll be here over. by the time the podcast is over. We're all going to have some chicken nuggets together. Uh, to start here, today we're going to talk about what you can do at the slow time of the year. Specifically, this one's coming out, I think, in the first couple days of December. And so what you can do in the month of December to stay active, to prepare yourself for 2024, my big line is telling people that I'm playing for 2024 already. I start playing for 2024 at about the beginning of November because I think it's fun to look out into the future and start preparing for it. Um, but before we get to what you can do, what it's looking like, the would you rather of the week. Would you rather, which hasn't been cut yet, where I'm surprised this is it hasn't not been on cut my yet. Sheet. Would you, that's the point. Would you rather... Do an upper body workout or a lower body workout? Which muscle categories are we like, I feel like Luke's it's, making fun of the fact that choice. AJ and I were talking about this in the hallway it's before. Your, it's your I choice. I would always prefer squats. Most explosive workout there is, and that's what I would always do. And I guess I must just be vain because I strongly prefer upper body workouts. So I kind of was thinking, though, when you are when you get older, it's more important to have a good lower body. <laughs> See, this is what I told Luke before the podcast. And I, and I would agree with it. I still do mostly upper body workouts. Yeah. No, I, I actually, I used to prefer lower body, but these days I prefer upper body because it's it's easier to gain and look, but I don't work out. So we're gonna have a, we're selfishly, gonna have a, he just likes to shoot basketball. We're going to have a push-up contest like after this. Let's go. I think Josh or AJ will probably win that, and it will not be me is my guess. You can do this, Luke. So let's get into what really matters, um, what you can do in Q4. But to start, I wanted to talk about, just so people have an idea, everybody obviously understands that the market slows down. There's typically less sales at the end of the year. But what's the actual stats behind that? How many less sales are we typically talking about in a standard year? Yeah, so we track our performance going back to the start of this team by quarter, by month, et cetera, to just see roughly how many transactions we expect to get. So it helps us a lot as we're forecasting, projecting financials out and hiring, et cetera. Um, during Q4, we typically see a drop-off in volume from our Q3 numbers by roughly 30-ish percent um, just in terms of files turned in around this time. Specifically, in the Minnesota market, You know, come December, November, through usually into January, it's pretty slow just because the weather does really impact things here locally. Um, what we found is, you know, that's obviously a pretty big number and it means less activity and it means less going on. And then you have the holidays on top of that. Um, so, you know, what we're going to talk about today, obviously, is what do we do during that time frame? Because if there's less going on, that doesn't mean we should just relax. It means we should be thoughtful about how we can use that time more effectively. So I wrote down a few things that we can run over to give you some ideas on if it's a random Tuesday like today or next week and you're going, well, what the heck am I going to do for the rest of December? Some ideas, you can maybe write these down um, and start using these. 
Also, I just added these, so if you guys have any other ideas, you can add them as we go as well. But the biggest key, and I was talking to one of our newer agents last week about this too, is just staying active. Literally doing anything is going to be better than doing nothing. Um, And so having that list of ideas I think is helpful because you can just go, well, I'll do that today. And at least you're doing something versus nothing. Um, Who wants to start running through some of these ideas? And I mean... Notably, we've done this as our team, you know, saw that things were slowing down in November. We still have leads coming in from all of our online sources. Uh, It's a great time to try to get buyers into a house that they like because there's just less buyers out there. So like I saw a house for the third time last night and they were like, I don't even know if this is normal. And I'm like, well, there isn't really a normal. I mean, I'm just glad that you guys get the opportunity to really think this over and see if it's what you really want to do. Um, Gustavo came with, bid out some stuff. Like there's more opportunity to get specifically, um, any buyer that's been looking for a long period of time or a buyer like these ones who are very discerning. They really want something pretty specific and they want to take their time to make their decision. If, you know, I told them and they might be contingent. So I was like, well, if you're, if we're looking in the spring, like this might not be a a great deal for us because it's going to be really hard to get under contract, likely just based on experience. But right now we are in that, that time point in the market where, you can get a contingent offer accepted. You can get some concessions. You can see a house three times. So I don't think just punting on actually doing sales necessarily is either a good idea, um, a good idea either, but yep. just something to think about, I think. And financing is another one there too, right? When you get to the spring market, if you're a three and a half percent down FHA buyer, your reality is very different than it is right now. So it's it's we talked about this a lot, but like being very thoughtful on a micro basis with each of your clients on the buy side and on the sell side, but specifically on the buy side right now, if you have a client that is in that boat that lost in the summer and said, well, I'm just going to go off the market, but you know that they're going to come back in the spring and be you know, a contingent sell buyer or a 3.5% down buyer, you're thoughtful to get out ahead of that because you're actually helping them by ensuring that they're getting into the market now when it's a little bit slower. Let's sum that up by saying if you have clients, because we all have clients that were looking, kind of stopped looking. I mean, I have people right now that it appears like they're just going to kind of wait until January 1st, right? You can go back through and look on the market at at what they were looking for, a rough type of house that they're looking for. Maybe find something that's been in the market for two weeks and text them and say, hey guys, like I know we were kind of waiting until New Year. This one's sitting for two weeks, which three months ago, it wasn't sitting for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you might be able to get some showings that way um, just by doing some due diligence for people essentially. Yeah, I would say too, too waiting until a randomly decided time frame is like an arbitrary point in time is usually silly because the reality is, is people pick these specific things. It's the same reason why, like when I say, when you write an offer, don't just write in fives and 25s because everyone else is going to do that. So do something a little bit different. Um, and when I was an intern, the best piece of advice I ever got actually was when you see he, Mark Johnson, awesome mentor of mine. He said, if you ever see a crowd of people all running the same direction, turn around and run the other way as fast as possible. Because everyone seems to be, for some reason, just all, we have this natural human tendency to have these patterns that we get into. And for some reason, the January 1st one lately has been a really bad pattern that all these buyers go, well, it's Thanksgiving now, and I had Christmas coming, and my lease is in May, so I'll just wait until January 1st to get back out there. And then January 1st comes, and it's like madness. And we don't know that for sure in 2024 it will be like that. But if you have buyers that are like kind of in that boat of like, well, I'm just going to wait until January 1st. I would say as an agent, don't be like, okay, yeah, we'll catch up back again then. I would say keep your search going so that if you do see something that still seems like a good fit for them, talk to them about why it is still worthwhile to get out there and even show them in some cases, to Luke's point, hey, there's some opportunities right now. Kind of like when they say, Josh, 
I want to pay f- only four hundred thousand. Yeah, you're like, well, why four hundred? I want to buy down my interest rate because I don't want to be above a five percent or seven percent interest rate. Right, and then you just have to help these people kind of break it down. But yep. Anyway, on to the non-sales stuff. I think yep. Loki has a lot of really good non-sales stuff on here. Everybody should be doing business planning. Um, we do that at a team level, at an individual level. If you are in Minnesota and listening to this podcast, that I think will get posted on Monday, Haley. Mm-hmm. Yep. Monday, Monday. Um, we do have a uh, business planning uh, event at our office uh, to help everybody crush their goals for 2024. That is on f- this Friday after this podcast gets dropped. December, n- December 8th from 10 to noon. So reach out to us if you are interested in attending that. A um, lot of good tidbits of different buckets of business, how to diversify your business um, in a marketplace where that's absolutely necessary right now. Um, Past client follow-ups, sphere follow-ups, online leads, um, all that sort of stuff. The big thing with the business planning that I just want to make sure they're aware of is we're not just talking saying, I want to sell 20 houses next year for $8 million. Good Way job. To go. Way to go. Good job. You want to do that. We're talking getting into the depths of looking at your last... If you have sales, let's say for the last two years, where did those sales come from? How did you get those sales? And how can you get more of them in these different buckets? And knowing if you did 20 open houses last year and got four clients, maybe now I'm doing 40 open houses to try and get double that amount of clients and really breaking that down, not just putting numbers on a piece of paper, but saying specifically where you're going to get each of those is really important. And so if you don't know how to do that and you you should come to our our planning seminar. Tom Ferry's got a lot of really good stuff on the internet about business planning as well um, that you can look up. It's all about the execution process. Ah, process. I process. think all three of those me are correct. Luke, me and Luke learned this in college from our uh, our baseball coach. But the key to business planning, I think, to Luke's point, oh. is you figure out what kind of business and life you want to achieve, what you're going to do if you achieve that, and then you back all the way back up to the beginning and figure out what are the inputs that are going to get you to that The point. stuff you can control is the important exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, so I, and I come from, you guys came from that world, I came from the corporate world, and our thing with goal planning was always like, okay, here's your overall goal, here's, and then here are the things that I'm going to do tactic-wise, we call it the goals and tactics, right, that I'm going to get there, and then you actually track the tactics that you said would get you to the goal on an ongoing basis and determine if you need to readjust any of those as you go throughout the year. But I I do agree that general fallacy in business planning, at least what I've heard and seen in real estate is, yeah, we can throw out, I'm going to do 30 sales for 15 million. Okay. But how are you going to get there? And how are you going to measure if you're getting there? And how are you going to course correct if you're not getting there? But building at least a starting point of where we want to go what we want to achieve, and then the different tactics that you think are best going to suit you um, to track against is the key thing that I think business planning is needed. needs. The next one we have on this list is prospecting for next year. So anybody that you've talked to uh, earlier this year that said they were, or you were at a party and they said they were going to buy in 2024, reaching out to them, calling them, seeing where they're at, seeing how you can help them in the meantime. A big one that we've been talking about with our agents on the lead side of things, the people that aren't necessarily ready right now, is instead of calling and seeing if they want to see a house or seeing if they want to buy a house in the first few months, 2024, just calling people and saying, hey, here's what the market's looking like right now. Do you have any questions? Yep. And providing, where they're providing value. And I think um, we had an agent early on who did this in his first year and went off and sold like 15 homes in the first quarter because he spent all of December just following up with all of his old leads and providing the value that they needed at the time. Um, my, my first team leader and broker 
uh, Jeff, it was always so funny. He would joke that agents always are like, well, it's January 1st. I hope my phone rings this year. We're all back at zero, right? Like the clock just restarts. Nobody has any sales. I guess unless you carry some new construction in next year. Yep. Um, or, or green photos. was Yeah, one. exactly. But uh, point being, like, you can control how your first few months go by what you do in the month of December. Because if you're adding the value for those people and they said, I'm not looking until, you know, February or March, but you're in front of them saying, hey, uh, here's what the interest rates are doing. Here's what we're seeing happening. Here's some information. Here's a house that you really liked you would have liked, but I know you weren't looking that just went depending. It just wanted to let you know kind of what things are doing in your marketplace. They're going to call you when it does come time and they see something on a website or on the search or whatever. And they're going to say, aha, Luke, that's my guy. I'm going to reach out to him, book a showing. Yeah. And remember that years are arbitrary timeframes, right? Like we get hung up on like, oh, it's 2024 now. So I got to lock up X number of clients for that year. And the reality is, is if you went like, I'll just look from June to June, it's a different time frame, but it's still a 12 month period. People get so hung up on like, I need to hit my targets for this specific time frame, so therefore I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. There's also this short-term mentality, which is very, very prevalent right now because everyone's struggling a little bit more than they usually have. So they obviously want to just try to sell a house or get a deal done as quickly as possible. But the reality is, is and I think this should be year-round thinking, right, what we're talking about here, but how do you ensure that every interaction you have with a prospective client turns them from a prospective client into an actual client? regardless of if they're buying three days from now or three years from now. Because if you can turn as many prospective clients into actual clients, at some point, that volume is going to add up and you're going to start hitting your targets that you've set aside for yourself. So I know it's a little bit you know, weird for me to talk about business planning for a year and goals and targets and whatever, and then go to this route. But the more that you can start thinking about clients less in a, I got to sell a house in the next three months, into if I can make them someone that thinks of me as their real estate agent, and I can do that over and over and over again, I'm going to have way more success in achieving my goals. We don't love plugging our team here too often. But if you are an agent that is struggling and you have sold houses in the past and it's gone really well and the market was different and you're saying, I need to get some sales right now, whether it's our team or another team and you're alone or you're not getting the leads you should be getting, you should be on a team that you're getting leads because the difference between your sphere, which you really don't want to say, I got to sell a house to my sphere because that's nope. really bad business and they know all of your other sphere yep. and they're going to hear about it and it's going to kill you in the long run. You can get leads that are coming in that are legitimately looking to buy houses right now. And our team has... 300 of those opportunities a month right now in the spring we will yeah in the 200, spring we will 200 to 300 yeah. and these are people that are saying i want to see a house right now and we had an agent who literally just said they saw the one house and then they offered on it right same day right and so i think i think when i think about mine and i don't take a ton of leads i've taken some but i i like to think about like okay how many clients do i have at any given time if that number starts to get to a level below what i want to have and it's Q4 and it's slow. It's like, okay, let me grab some leads and take these prospective clients and turn them into actual clients. And then I can increase that client load back up so I know at some point there are more people that will transact with me. So whether if you're alone or you're not getting what you should, whether it's us or another team, you should definitely be joining the team. I'm pretty bullish about that. Um, the next one I have here on the list is taking time to thank your clients. I think we, we do a lot of events, right? You don't necessarily need to do an event for this one. My initial thought was whether it was you were just reaching out to somebody or even delivering something like deliver some little tiny Christmas trees or something. Yeah. Like I have a client who just had a baby. I'm going to give her a baby present. I have AJ, AJ and this is the TK idea, I think one time, but like 
He drove around just dropping sleds off during the first snowstorm. Such I, a good idea. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. But like, because you have more time. So take an hour, write down all of the cool ideas that you think would like engage your clients and have them go, well, that was cool. And then actually execute on it, whether it's on a small scale with five people that you think it's are important to touch base with or on a larger scale where we just gave away what? How many pies did we give 300. away? 300. Yeah, we gave away 300 pies to past clients and we had... So many people through this brewery and they were all having fun and it was energy like nobody's ever seen, but it, or we, I had never seen at least in a real estate event. It was awesome. But things like that will engage your clients and A, put you top of mind, but also B, show them that you appreciate them and you're excited to be around them and you want to see them. Um, it, it benefits you in the long run, but in the short run, it's just kind of fun. And by the way, we just did this. Dwight did it for all of us. Um, reach out to your vendors and mm-hmm. thank them too. Yeah. So we reached out to... Uh, you know, our title companies, our insurance providers, our lenders, uh, agents that we do a lot of contractors, business with, contractors, and just thank them for all the help that they provided for our clients this year. Um, and pretty much everybody responded like overwhelmingly, like super excited about it. We brought uh, lunch uh, to uh, our title company, actually, Dwight. Uh, oh, cool. Organized that and they were super thankful for it. So just letting people know again in this lower time of year that you know, the networking and the relationship and the, the benefit you get from everybody working together is um, super helpful. And and again, I don't like to get too far into the big, like doing a full pie day. You don't need to do all of that, right? You don't even need to spend money on this. You could call your clients and say, hey, I'm just been calling my people and thanking them because your business is really appreciated and I loved working with you. If you ever need anything, just let me know. It can be 30 seconds. Yep. Just call them and say that to them. It's going to go a long way and you're going to have the time because it's, Send him a five dollar Starbucks gift card and a handwritten you, note you could saying, "Hey, do that as well. it's getting cold outside. Enjoy a drink." Um, another one that I I have on here, which I always have my this is I love these. I don't always hit them, but I call them big projects. Yeah. So like stuff during the year that um, I'm not able to get to because in Q1, Q2, Q3, we're running around just trying to help our clients. Like starting a property management company. Yeah, or building a website, or or doing whatever that is. Maybe just sit down and go. What is something that I want to get done in the next three weeks that I won't be able to get done for the first six months of next year? And what process or system that I can put in place um, to make my life easier when that comes? So there's yeah, a use, lot of other examples. Use too. the time you have. I think that's Luke's point. I mean, we're going to get to the last pieces here, which will be kind of, they'll sound kind of funny after everything we've Contradictory, said. Contradictory, yeah. yeah. But like, you're going to have more of these moments. You're like, I got four hours now. What do I do with it, right? So if you want to go to the gym and you want to, you know, get into your upper body workouts, you know, or like we talked about. Uh, go for that. But if you want to also be like, yeah, I have to tackle this thing or I have to think about this differently. Or, I have to figure out my social media plan for 2024, right? Like, or how am I going to staff my team or how am I going to grow my recruiting? Whatever you want to do and you feel like I never have enough time for this. During Q4, it's kind of like the time frame you're like, you do actually have enough time for this. So think about those things, but actually like set a block of time alone to get that done. The last two we have on here are going to be more so uh, burnout focused because at the same time as you should be staying active, you should be preparing for the fact that next year is probably going to be a lot more chaotic than it is right now. So I put just a couple things. You can spend more time with family. Like on Friday at 11 a.m., if you spent Monday through Thursday working pretty hard, you showed some house on the weekend, maybe on Friday you have nothing going on the rest of the day. And so you just decide to spend time with your family or do something that you actually want to do that isn't business focused. Yeah. I think, um, so one of my other friends who's actually kind of a mentor to me that when I started in this industry, I was like, dude, I, I'm struggling to figure out how to make this a 40 hour a week job. And I came from the corporate world. So I was like, I need to figure out how to like 
be consistent because some weeks I'm like, I go so fast and I work 80 hours and I'm going crazy. And then within a month, I'm like, I need to stop for a little bit because I can't keep doing this. Right. And I was going up and down and up and down. And he goes, dude, I, I just read this book where this guy said, actually, you should be thinking differently about the world and how the work week goes. We're trained on this corporate 40 hour a week, nine to five every Monday through Friday. But the reality is, is if you work when you're most productive and you rest when you don't feel productive, your total productivity is going to be higher. So if during Q4 you've said, hey, I crushed Q3 and I worked so hard and I got all these deals done, I need a week off. Be okay with taking that week off during that time frame because it might re-energize you for another time frame. But I don't think this goes just for Q4. I find that most of the time, like in September, I'm in that place. For some reason, I've historically like, between the chaos of the summer market plus the kids and the summer of everything, by September, I'm like, I've hit a lot of my numbers for this period of time. I'm just going to kind of coast for this couple weeks. Um, but think about your business maybe a little bit differently. If you're you know, at a point where you're like, yeah, I just need a little bit of a break. Give yourself some grace to do that because it's going to bring you back stronger when the time is right to actually get back out and crush again. My big one that uh, has been the biggest struggle since business has gotten, we're working really hard right now, right? Yeah. And we are still selling. Absolutely. Like we're still hitting our numbers and doing all that, but we're working really hard to do it. And so my biggest struggle has been two years ago, I was doing a bunch of house projects all the time. It felt like, like I had some extra time to do this or that when I wanted to, and I haven't been able to, which is a bummer because I love doing them. And so over Thanksgiving weekend, I did a, the closet project that I was talking to you about. And it, it re-energized me in the sense of like, wow, that was really fun. It looks really cool. I like to do that. And then you can kind of have a little bit more energy going back to work. Yep. Stuff like that. Think yep. about what you want to do, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. AJ just did some built-ins as well. I did do some built-ins as well. And then I took all of his extra wood in order to do my closet project. And I would have to throw it away. It was fantastic. And I built a great spreadsheet. Yeah, there there you go. go. (laughs) And that's all we have this week on the Nerdy Agent Podcast. And as always, remember, be better.